a $3 billion floating liquefied natural gas plant that the Heisla First Nation planned to build in Kitimat got the green light from the provincial government today. The project is being designed as a floating LNG terminal, uh, which uh, w- basically means it has a relatively small land footprint and will be largely powered by clean hydroelectricity. Once built, the project will require one LNG carrier moving up and down the Douglas Channel every 7 to 10 days uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Now, you of course have heard of the LNG Canada project. That project uh, is being built right now and it is budgeted for $36 billion. That's a much larger project, but nevertheless, this is a historic approval today that allows for the province to export its natural gas to Asia and other parts of the world. Now, Premier David Eby spoke on the issue about 90 minutes ago. Uh, They not only uh, focused on this announcement, but the government also unveiled new measures uh, that are designed to cut down on industry emissions and to help the province reach its climate targets. Take a listen. Following engagement with First Nations workers, industry, and stakeholders, we will bring in an emissions cap for the oil and gas industry. This provides predictability and strong measures to align efforts to make sure we hit our targets. We will require all newly proposed LNG facilities in or entering the environmental assessment process to have a credible plan to reach net zero emissions by 2030. We will establish a clean energy and major projects office. This will help ensure BC is a leader in the global clean energy future by expediting approvals for clean major projects while maintaining our high standards. Finally, we'll create a BC Hydro Task Force to electrify the provincial economy. Our intention is to leverage our clean electricity to supercharge BC's economy and open new opportunities for business and job growth in the future. Uh, that was Premier Eby speaking about uh, 90 minutes ago on a very important and historic day. Joining me now uh, is an individual who is driving his community towards this day today, the approval of the Cedar LNG project. He is the former Chief Counselor of the High Stuff First Nation, presently is the BC Liberal MLA for Skeena. Uh, that is, of course, Ellis Ross. Ellis, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much, Jess. Good to be here. Uh, first and foremost, uh, beyond being the MLA for the area, uh, I know you were driving uh, just the, your community's uh, participation, involvement in LNG from a very long time, probably a good 10 years now, if not even longer than that. What's this mean to you uh, beyond your scope as an MLA, but just this announcement today? Well, that, that took up uh, most of my life from 2004 to 2017. Uh, whether it be Chevron's KLNG project or LNG Canada's project or the Heisla Cedar, that was all under the, the chief and council days when I was there. In fact, I resigned as chief counselor to be in the Liberal MLA to actually get LNG as an industry off the ground province-wide. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's nothing I really don't know about Cedar or LNG Canada or Chevron for that matter. Did you... Um uh, have days where you just said, is this worth it? Uh, it and say, look, there's got to be other ways of doing things. Uh, there must have been incredibly frustrating days because it's all well and good to, for you and I to talk today. But as you said, you, this was in the early odds where you were just starting out this this education to get this. But there must have been some really frustrating days for you. Oh, without a doubt. And in fact, as chief counselor, I was like three years in my term. I was considering resigning. But what kept me going was the fact that, look, this is going to make BC stronger. It's going to uplift an entire generation of First Nations out of poverty, which you already proved before that. Uh, but the only missing piece for me was I didn't understand the amount of politics around LNG until I got to Victoria. And now understanding that LNG has been a political football, I mean, we're just rehashing media releases from 2018, basically, in terms of the Climate Action Plan. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, finally, I hope that the politics are lining up with reality now in terms of oil and gas. What, what I found interesting today, we heard from Premier Eby, this is an announcement for an LNG project, an historic project, not only because it's it's gotten past the finish line, it is led by First Nations community, your community, the Heisla First Nation, but the government also went out of its way to announce uh, today's uh, as, uh, you know, uh, new energy action framework. And so much of the conversation was built around that rather than the announcement itself. It's almost as if the NDP were <laughs> looking for political cover just to, just to get to the point where they said yes. Yeah, and that's what they, they basically pulled out the same press release from 2018. And they didn't achieve those climate action targets back then. I mean, just, just saying stuff like that really doesn't change anything. And I, I think the, the one missing piece that Premier Eby missed out was the world has changed. Mm-hmm. The geopolitics right now, especially in Europe, is about energy. Mm-hmm. And Germany paid the price for that and not understanding what energy really means in today's context. But like I say, that that, that was just uh, a pulled out, rehashed media release from two, three years ago in it, terms of the climate action plan. I was watching it live on television and that same thing was going through my head. I go, why does this sound so familiar <laughs> as I was listening to it? <laughs> and, and, and full disclosure, I think most of you know I used to work for the LNG industry, so I, there is some knowledge and, and hope some institutional knowledge in history there as well. Uh, but, but do you think we can do both, though? I mean, the reality is there there are greater emissions when you are still extracting uh, LNG. Yes, you can electrify it, and this is what the the province wants to do, and I get that. But is can you do both in regards to driving forward when it comes to the energy transition and wanting to go green and less emissions, at the same time wanting to get full uh, value for those natural resources that you have that many nations around the globe, particularly 60% of humanity called Asia, wants? You know, if you're going to do this, then you've got to get rid of the rhetoric. And you've got to basically put BC Hydro on steroids if you want to upgrade the infrastructure from Prince George to Kitimat. Mm-hmm. And for as long as I can remember, we've been having this conversation in BC, and now it's questionable whether or not they'll upgrade the infrastructure in time for LNG Canada Phase 2 or in time for Cedar LNG. I mean, at some point, you know, you've got to drop the politics and actually start talking about reality and I don't know about this upgrade in terms of BC Hydro making it time for these LNG projects, but who's going to pay for it, example? Mm-hmm. And are you going to start the consultation with First Nations from all along that route? Are you going to start that all over again? Mm-hmm. These are not easy questions and not easy answers. Well, I mean, this conversation and, and what you were mentioning there, Ellis, is basically you've got to add, move electricity from uh, to your part of the province. Kitimat, you have, of course, electricity, but you need a lot more of it uh, to electrify and to power these large LNG projects, even the small ones. Um, but this conversation has been going on for 10, 12, 13 years in regards to a uh, line. At one point, I heard the cost of something like that would probably be, you know, half a billion to a billion dollars. But who who knows what the cost is now because nothing's been nothing's been built at this particular point. Um, do you think we, in regards to the LNG industry itself, we started with zero, the U.S. started with zero. They are significantly ahead of us to the point I think they're number one in the world or j- number two for sure, but may have passed Qatar. Do you think we've missed the missed the whole LNG train at the end of the day? Yes, today the LNG project, Cedar LNG, was approved, and that's a, a win for your community. But in regards to large-scale projects, uh, you know, meeting the needs of Asia and potentially even Europe uh, now, as you were saying, have we not just missed the boat on this? Well, you know, the United States has been kicking our butt, even though they freaking started after us. But you know what? LNG Canada's not out of the woods. 
Cedar LNG is not out of the woods. They've actually got to get all the permits underneath that environmental certificate. And right now, the permitting and the regulatory process for the B.C. government is a gong show. You can't get them. It, 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 everything about the B.C. government is delayed, overdue. And in terms of a permit or an environmental certificate in B.C., it costs millions and millions of dollars. Why this is so important for Heisler is because they were actually waiting for this approval to start working on the permits so they can actually go after offtake agreements in Asia. Mm-hmm. And th- this is the second thing I'll be watching out for because I understand the permitting process. I'll be watching out to see if, if BC cleans up its act mm-hmm. and gets these permits out in an efficient manner to actually be part of the global energy scheme. Ellis, uh, lots to talk about on this file. I want to thank you for your time today. We'll definitely have you back on uh, uh, to talk about the LNG file. There's so many different uh, avenues to, to, to discuss. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks a lot, Jess.